Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome back to Fourth Down Focus, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Dan Lundy, host of the podcast and founder of Fourth Down University, a company focused on the training and development of specialists and coaches. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today. Whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win a championship, Bet Online has the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, check out Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. <laughs> Episode 42 of the podcast welcomes Sam Lenson. Lenson was a kicker and a punter for the University of Maine from 2013 to 2018. In 2019, he joined the University of Maine's coaching staff as the special team's quality control coach. During this time, Lenson launched Lenson Punting and Kicking, a company focused on specialist development and recruitment. Currently, Lenson lives in southern Maine, where he is a PE teacher and the University of New England specialist coach. Sam, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Coach, great to be here. Long time uh, listener, first time guest. So excited to to be on the program and have a have a great conversation. Yeah, I I want to start with last month. Last month, meaning July of 2021, you spent a week, unfortunately, straight with me on a football field. Sometimes as long as six hours in one day. Uh, down here in Florida, I do private and small group summer trainings. Uh, do it with predominantly the college kids that I only see sparingly in the off season and, and the other demographic I see a lot of are the elite high school kids from all over the country that have aspirations to play where you played, Sam. So I wanted to uh, talk about and share with the audience that I, I ask people that are close to me, like you are now, I ask you guys to come on my show, people that know me well and people that know special teams and football well, and just the experience positive and negative that comes with this football experience, especially being a specialist. So when I asked you to come on and offer suggestions as to what you'd like to discuss today you mentioned you definitely want to talk about the time we spent in the field but the next thing you said out of your mouth it was and I also just want to talk about how it's important to never stop learning so can you share with the audience the importance of this mindset both in football and in life yeah well absolutely so one thing is when the pandemic happened the, the world shut down but what didn't shut down was twitter and football coaches congregated on Twitter. It was a time where everyone shared their content. They were posting videos. And that's how I first got to know you, Coach, is, is through Twitter. And shout out Pat Curran with our coaching network. Uh, I, I found you through there. And one thing I noticed right away is that our philosophy is matched up right off the bat. 
it's not a one size fits all pro problem with every single kicker. Each kicker has their nuances. They have their things that they do well. They have things that we can correct. But the one thing that we noticed together down in Florida is, is you attack it with positivity and you attack it with learning uh, about doing the, the small things well is going to yield the biggest gain. Uh, so with the thing is, is that when the world shut down, you never stop learning. We find ways to get learn and get better with going through Twitter, uh, sharing drills, sharing, um, you know, fundamentals and mechanics. And uh, the biggest thing that I, I, I learned while being down in Florida is that the biggest, the biggest differences or the biggest gains that you're going to see is going to come from the smallest changes that you, that you fix. And it's not, not, not worth it to focus on the big picture, um, with, with problems and, and things that could bog you down with negativity. Let's, let's focus on the positive uh, and let's get you to where you want to be. Yeah, man. I want to expound on that and say, it is so nice to hear that because you're fresh out of playing. And when I say fresh, it's been only a few years since you've actually played the game of football. So that's a 20 year difference for me. There's a generational gap. So in that evolution of our sport, which it's evolved, you know, drastically, the speed of play on offense to the proficiency of specialists and punt direction and snap location, all these things have improved. But one thing that you just said still sounds like it rings true. When I was an athlete, I craved the coaches who wouldn't try to throw new things my way. I felt that I had a very good plan in place and I had, I had a refined skill set to an extent. Now my knowledge base, now I could self critique myself much better now that I could at, at 18 years old. But what I'm trying to say is I really valued the coaches that said, do less because you want to be efficient. You want to be repeatable. You want to be all these things that are going to help us win because it's going to put more points on the board. It's going to put our defense in a better spot. If you just be good consistently and I think that comes from don't add on a lot of thoughts and add on a lot of things to technically and psychologically instead extract the extraneous, get rid of the weaknesses and really, really focus and hone in on these strengths that you already possess. Uh, you know, that's, that's really what I wanted our time to be in it. When you said that, that we're aligned in thought, I just wanted to explain to the audience that this is our, what we believe to be true. Um, you coach at a high level. Can, can you explain the value in thinking less is best, especially on a Saturday when there's thousands of people? Just being simple with what you do, right? One thing I always tell my players is never too high, never too low. And that's a mindset that I want them to live by. If you make a 50 yard field goal, it's onto the next kick. If you miss a PAT, it's onto the next kick. If you think about it too much, but like you say, when you're, when you're going out there, you want to be smooth, simple, and confident in what you do. Let's not add in extra, um, you know, extra, like a bigger arm swing or, or be smaller with what you do. And that's going to, that's going to be the biggest difference. Uh, and, and the people that can go out there on Saturdays and, and, and be simple and, and make kicks rather than people that go out there and do a bunch of extra things uh, and then have to put it to all together to try to make kicks. I think being smooth, simple, and confident and natural to the ball is going to help you be successful. Well, I, I mentioned you're, you're, you're a coach now on Saturdays and you also you coach high school kids like I do, um, not a team setting, but more in an individual setting. But I want to talk more about how you got to where you are now, because we don't just wake up one day and say, I coach college football. It starts somewhere. I'd like you to share with our audience, um, I guess, the inception of your kicking and punting story, how it began and 
Uh, more importantly, can you share a little about your high school and college football experiences, perhaps the lessons you learned from this unique position of being a kicker and a punter? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was nine, I, I competed in a, a competition that a lot of people know called punt pass kick. I came in second in New England in there. And from that, from that experience, I was like, dang, I can, I can really hit the ball. Um, and then I, I ended up playing two seasons of Pup Warner. Uh, and then I made the decision. I, I went to summer camp for eight weeks. I made the decision. I love summer camp more. It was not a, it wasn't a football or, or summer camp. Um, it, it was, it was that type of decision. And I decided I wanted to go to the summer camp route. Um, but one thing that I continued to have throughout uh, middle school was a kicking coach. I, I loved kicking the football. I, I was passionate about it, uh, but I was a soccer player. So going into my, my freshman year of high school, I was a three sport athlete. I did soccer, hockey, and baseball. Uh, but, but what I would do is I'd go to the games on Friday nights and be like, I, I want to be out there. I don't, I don't want to be on the side or the, the stands. I want to, I want to be out there competing and trying to win for my, for my town and my team. I, I love that competition aspect of it. So uh, at the end of, uh, of soccer uh, and that fall, I said, I'm done. I want to, want to put all I have into it. So I worked really hard, went out for the team my sophomore year. Um, and the, one of the first couple of days of, of camp, they had, we had three kickers out there. I was one of three. Um, I was the third one to go. They lined us up at a PAT. The first kicker goes, and, uh, you know, he goes two for two for PATs. Next kicker goes. He, I think he goes one for two. And then right before I was taking – I go up to take my kicks. The coach blows the whistle. He goes, practice is over. We're done. And, I, and that was the first opportunity – or first moment where I was like, dang, like I have a chip on my shoulder. Like, I want to prove these guys wrong. Like I could do this. Uh, and, and, and from that moment – I was like, I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to, to prove these coaches wrong, to show that I could go out on the field. I played junior varsity my, my sophomore year. I got in a couple of games to kick. But besides that, um, that, that was my first kind of de dealt with adversity, uh, with not really getting an opportunity. So that, that, that chip on the shoulder really grew. Uh, my parents got me a, a kicking net. I was in my, my basement uh, every Friday and Saturday night from sophomore year to senior year, I was, I, I wanted to get better. Uh, I wanted to improve. I wanted, I, I, I could taste redemption. Uh, and my, my junior and senior year, I led the state in kicking uh, for points based. And let me, let me clarify this. I had one field goal my entire high school career. We had a very uh, prolific offense. Uh, my, my quarterback went to Boston college. He broke the state uh, touchdown record in Massachusetts. So I had one opportunity uh, from there. So, uh, you know, game, game experience was, was huge with punting and, 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 and taking, uh, taking PATs, but that was really my, my high school, high school experience was always trying to, to, to prove the coaches wrong that I could do this. I could play and I could help the team win in any sort of facet that they, that they needed me. Um, and then that junior year winter, I went down to Florida and I went to a exposure camp or a ranking camp. And it wasn't even a ranking camp where I was competing against other players. It was a rank camp where the, I punted and kicked and they said, yes, you could play at this level. And I was ranked at the division one double A level. So that set my standard. I was like, I want to play at this level. This is something I'm really, really excited about. And I was, uh, I had a new goal. It was, it was, it was to make a team and get a scholarship. So uh, that summer, I went to uh, a bunch of exposure camps. But what, what, I, what I really did was set myself apart was I went to the prospect day camps. So I went to the University of New Hampshire, University of Rhode Island, and then I went to the University of Maine's and I had a really good, really good uh, day there. And they told me uh, after that day that they, 
they wanted to recruit me. So that was my, that was my process and how I got to Maine. And I think I took my official visit and three days after it was national signing day. So made the decision and, uh, and committed to the university of Maine. So much good information there. And again, coming from a college coach who, who by chance was a kicker and punter is extremely rare. So it's very important that I have your, your perspective and I share it with our audience. So I wanted to touch on a few things and just kind of revisit some of the things you said I feel are very important. Uh, my first year playing high school football, I had four attempts. And I think the most I ever attempted was 11 and I made 10 of them my senior year. And I was, and that was because I had a very proactive coach back then I was second in attempts in the state of Florida, which we kick more than you guys do for obvious reasons with weather. Um, but what I like most about what you said was, although you had one, you went about several other ways of doing it. And what I mean by doing it is getting your face and your ability out there to those who care, which is people like you now college coaches will find you on Twitter and they're going to give you one or two opportunities to either make a statement or like, I'm done with this kid. You know, all it takes is one negative post and we're not going to really elaborate on what that is. Cause I feel like everyone now knows that there's a certain way to conduct yourself on, on Twitter. Actually, there's only one way and that's professionally, you know, and we talk about that a lot in the show and I don't want to go into that as much, but what I do want to kind of harp on is the fact that you, although you had one attempt, one attempt in a playoff game, my senior year. So let's, well, just, let's say that. Well, that's worth like five then. In a yeah, all right, season. all right. I like all it. Right? So we'll say one to five. Even that is, it's pretty pathetic when you talk to a receiver or a quarterback or a lineman that has a gamut of plays, hundreds sometimes. Um, it's, it's not easy, but it's not easy to be a kicker. It never will be, or a punter or a snapper for that matter. It's only going to get harder as you get higher. The expectations become greater. Um, the opportunities lessen sometimes. You know, sometimes it's one play that you have to be perfect on to help us win. And if you don't, if it's not a positive, it's a, it's a super negative. It might be the catalyst or the thing that brought about a loss in people's opinion. So I think it's very important that like at a young age, the, the kids that listen to the show realize that life isn't easy, first of all. So whatever it is you elect to do in life, it's going to be very, very hard, sometimes almost seemingly impossible at times. But the ones that look at that adversity and handle it and deal with it and find a way are, are the ones that make it, you know, and I think I think football is no different. I, I do think it is difficult to be a kicker and a punter, but I do think that we're going to face these adversities in anything we do in life. Adversity, adversity is going to happen, right? You have to prepare for it and you have to be ready for it right? and be ready for that one opportunity. I didn't expect to go out there in a playoff game and, and, and hit a field goal after not hitting a going out there, um, you know, throughout the regular season, having multiple potential opportunities and, and electing uh, to go for it on fourth down. Um, but you have to stay ready for that opportunity. So when you get out there, you can make the most of your opportunity. Agreed. And now I want to shift the focus a little more specific to your, your college experience. Um, I want to share your you to share your process and choosing uh, Maine and also some positives and negatives that came along with the experience of being this division one college football player that everyone wants to be. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like I said, I, I went to a bunch of exposure camps and back in the day, back in 2013, when I was trying to get recruited, it feels like years ago, uh, we Twitter wasn't, wasn't around for the recruiting uh, process. I was, I was sending DVDs out to 50 plus schools 
every single week trying to get myself uh, in, in the door. Uh, but once I went to the University of Maine, uh, I, I felt at home. And let me break this down. This is something that my dad took. Uh, dad told me, and uh, he he kind of looked at it as a stool. The stool has three legs. All right, one leg is going to be your football. All right, is you are you a correct fit for that school? Is is that what you're looking for? Are they looking at at you for what you want to do? Uh, and then one another stool, another leg, excuse me, in the stool is the actual school. Do they have your major? Do they have what you want to do after those four to five years? Uh, is that going to be set you up to be successful and, and, and more importantly, be happy? And then the third leg of that school is the social life. All right. Are you going to have fun going to, to the school that you're at? Because one, potent, one, one opportunity, one injury could, could kick the stool over with, with football. Are you going to be happy at the school that you're at? Um, so I, I decided to go to the University of Maine. I felt at home there. And uh, my freshman year, I went in there and I was competing for the job. I was able to redshirt. My, my freshman year, I was one of three kickers that, uh, that traveled. Uh, back in the day, we only had three, three uh, specialists on the roster. That's, that doesn't happen very much anymore. Um, but my sophomore year, I was competing for the punt position. I was really uh, looking, looking forward to the competition. I worked really hard to get uh, to where I was at. I was hitting the ball probably the best I've ever hit uh, in, my, in my life. Um, we were opening up against Boston College and earlier that week, um, I was taking a field goal, a rusher came off the side, uh, the edge, edge side and, uh, hit my, hit me on my follow through bruised my hamstring up pretty good, but I was, I was a competitor. I didn't want to just sit on the side and, and potentially not be able to play in the game. Uh, I wanted to, wanted to win that starting spot. Cause I'm, I grew up 15 minutes away from BC. This is something that, that, that meant a lot to me. So I sat one day off of practice and then I was back in there and I was taking, a taking a kickoff. When I was in my backswing of my kickoff, I felt my, my quad explode and, uh, and the ball went 12 yards and I was down and trainer comes off to the side, comes out, um, you know, puts, puts his finger right on my quad. He goes, is this where it hurts? And I said, yeah, he goes, you tore your rectus femoris, which is the largest muscle of your quad, uh, right in the middle of my leg. Uh, so it was a nine and a half month recovery where they wouldn't, they couldn't do surgery on it. If I tore it in the origin or insertion point at the knee or at the hip, they would have been able to go in there and fix it. But since it's in the middle of my leg, they said it would be like putting spaghetti back together. So dealing with, 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 with that and other adversity. Um, and one thing I should add is that as well is that right after the injury, um, the trainer said, yes, this is, this is going to be a career ender for you. Um, so again, I had that that thought. I was like, this isn't it for me. I'm going to work as hard as I possibly can to get back. And it was a lot. I had to regain all the flexibility back in my leg. I had to retrain myself how to kick. And, and I was able to get into a couple games and I, I, I kicked in a couple games and punted in a couple games, but I wasn't able to get up to that standard that the division one uh, standard had consistently every single time. Um, I was putting biofreeze on my leg just to, just to mask it. So I could go out there and, 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 and somewhat kick. Um, but through, through all that, I worked really hard. Uh, I became my uh, holder my senior year, and I, I love that opportunity. I love that experience uh, to be able to quarterback that fourth down unit, uh, work with the kicker and work with the snapper to make sure we had a, a clean operation. Uh, something that I, I, I took, I took very, uh, a lot of pride in, definitely a lot of pride in that. And then uh, I graduated in 2018. And, and like I said, I went to summer camp before. I've never had a summer off. 
So I decided, what am I gonna, what am I gonna do with this? I was going to grad school in the fall. I was like, what am I gonna do? So I went to Israel for about three and a half months, and I, uh, Robert Kraft has an American Football League over there that I went over and, and did special teams clinics for, uh, just to grow the game over there. And I, I played on their national team. And coach, like you said, I came back and I was a special teams quality control coach at the University of Maine uh, in 2019, which. Uh, again, was a super rewarding experience where I was able to work hands-on with specialists with the day-to-day uh, practice scripts, which is something I'm sure we're going to talk about a little later. Um, with practice scripts, uh, maintaining reps for them, going through film analysis and going through recruiting. So um, in a nutshell, that was my college experience. Uh, I, I loved my time at the University of Maine. Uh, and, and the one thing that I get to get to say to my players, whether I'm at the University of New England or when at my time at the University of Maine is that I want I I want them to have the career that I wish that I was able to have. So I'm going to work that much harder for them to be successful, put them in a, uh, a positive and successful uh, position for them to go out there and succeed. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the injury and and what it did and how you responded. Uh, you wound up in a transcontinental flight and played the national team and gave back. And well, anyway, that's fascinating and. I want to share that. I don't know if I've ever shared this with the audience, but I'm similar to you. I had a major injury and mine was recurring. It happened three times. I tore my adductor muscle and I played at the University of Miami when the University of Miami was the number one team in the country. And I came in as a freshman and we were about to win our first national championship the next year. So I was on a good team and I earned my spot uh, through another injury where I got to be the kickoff specialist in week one. And I was definitely intending on redshirting. I had no intention. There was a junior that was doing all, all of it. And he got hurt and I won the job and I got the field goal job too. And then boom, fast forward three weeks and I tear my adductor muscle in a pregame. Ironically, you, you don't know this, but it was against Boston College. It was in the Orange Bowl and they were at our house and I'm on a 37 yard left hash and I feel good. I'm the man. You know, I think I'm the man. I'm 18 years old and I'm a freshman. I'm playing now. And, uh, it, it really, really woke me up. I was never the same. I was never the same player. Uh, I, I was never in the position of starting ever again. And the next thing I did positively was coach. And that was hard. And I, I really, really didn't want anything to do with football after the third time this happened to me because I kept coming back too soon. And as you mentioned, I didn't have a lot of structure. I didn't have a kicking script per se. I didn't know what my Monday expectation was to my Thursday and why it should progressively get lighter and I shouldn't do anything on Friday and I should really closely monitor my kickoff reps. All these things that you and I are are working through right now. And if anyone's interested, please reach out to either one of us. We will be happy to personalize your practice schedule because we want to avoid what happened to us. And that was, there is such a thing as overworking. Um, And I liken it to baseball. And I've told you about my theory on that is if you treat kickers, especially, especially kickoff specialists like ace pitchers, they should be babied more than a major league baseball ace pitcher more because it's a more unnatural. It's a bigger muscle group. It's equally as unnaturally aggressive and it deviates from normal. Whereas, you know, a softball player and a punter, can do a little bit more because it's more linear. It's more natural. And these things are what coach Lenson and I talk about at length, you know, behind closed doors because we're nerds about it because we care because like you said, I mean, we don't want these kids that are better than us too, because they're better coached. Now we don't want it all to be ruined because it's overused. 
right? Because all we're doing when we overuse it, if we don't get hurt, is we're still deviating from our best selves, right? We're still fatigued. Our kickoffs don't go as far week eight. Our punts aren't as deliberate in direction and hang time in week nine and 10 because we're just working ourselves to death. We've got to work smarter. We can still work hard, but we must work smart. So I want to shift this now back to you as a college coach. Um, I'm just going to ask facts like, I think that you look for certain things in players, student athletes at the high school level that you want to represent your decision as they represent the university you work for. What do you believe are essential traits or practices or qualities that student athletes must have in order to be successful as college student athletes? Yeah, it's a great question. So a couple of things that I look for is I want I want a passionate and I want a positive kid. I want someone that's coachable, uh, and, and ready to learn. But if, if I go out to a high school and I'm watching someone kick, I hope they miss a kick because I want to see what they do on that next one or a bad punt. I want to see what happens on the next one. Is their head going to go down? Are they going to, are they going to, is that going to change their whole body language? Are they going to have their head up ready to go? I know what I did wrong. Let's go back and fix it. But if you have, if you have someone that's very narrow minded and focused on, on, um, really the, 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 the negatives instead of focusing on the positives, uh, then, then you're not going to be able to, to manage football, school, social life, everything that a, that a division one or, or through division three, uh, college athlete has to have. Um, but I think being coachable, uh, is, is something that I look for, um, you know, and anytime I'm recruiting a player. Yeah. I, I'm going to bring it up because some people don't listen to all their shows. So I'll say it. Joe judge is the head coach for the New York giants to my knowledge. Correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, Joe judge used to be the special teams coordinator for bill Belichick at this team called the Patriots. I think people have heard of them and they're pretty good. Yeah. They're decent. Right. And they win a lot and they did win a heck of a lot when he was their STC. Well, Joe judge walked up to Cairo Santos when Cairo was at the NFL combine. He was one of like 12 specialists there and Joe Judge had his name circled, and then there was little stars next to his name, and he goes, you know why I did that? And he goes, no, sir. He goes, you're the only person all day. He goes, by the way, you only miss one ball day. But what I noticed about it was I could not see it in your body as you transition to that last ball, the field goal set, because he missed the second to last one. He said you just looked at it like you just made it. You exhaled. And you ran with the same gait, same mannerisms. And then your next ball was flawless. He's like, I knew you were going to play on Sunday. Maybe not for me, but he basically said hats off to you. And for the exact reasons that you just said. So I'm hearing it now from not just Cairo and not just Joe Judge indirectly, but you who is now actively searching for these high school kids. So if you don't think listening to this show that it's not important for you to respond and practice your response to adversity, you need to quickly make that a priority. Um, and parents listening, please pass this on because that negative reaction also screams and indicates to the head coach who makes the decision, do I use this kid again? Likely no. Because now if we're in a playoff game and you miss in the first quarter and you get reactive and you throw your helmet or do something that's going to bring negative feelings about you from me, I think I'm less inclined to use you again. And I think you need to be used to get these reps that you made one. You made that playoff kick, right? You need those reps. You need a couple. Hopefully you can get a couple because we've got to see that you can and have done it at least once, in my opinion. 
but I don't think you're going to get a lot of second chances. If your first opportunity didn't go as planned and you don't know how to act. Um, so it goes back I mean, to what I was saying with never too high, never too low. Right. Sure, sure. You want to stay right in the middle, right. So that if you miss a kick, move on to the next one. All right. If you make a great kick, move on to the next one. Right? But you have to have that mindset that every kick is a, a different one. All right. It should be the same, but every kick is different. Once it leaves your foot and you see it go through the uprights or off to the side, on to the next one, on to the next one. How are you going to respond? Amen. And, you know, I, I just want to end the show with something a little more, you know, I feel like we're on a soapbox here, but this is only for the purpose of, of, of giving back and giving some knowledge that we, we, we did not have perfect careers. I don't know if anyone ever has, but I think it's important for people that did play and especially coaches of young men to share the good and the bad, to be, blunt to be matter of fact to be honest to be candid to all these things are important because if we just paint a rosy picture and say you know it's never going to go wrong and if you just work hard you're going to achieve everything you want in life that's 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 not a good picture to paint because it's not true in my opinion i think that you need to foreshadow things that can and will go wrong if you're not working on the little things you mentioned earlier and i think little things they all result in the biggest of things right and, and, they're, yeah. and they're the most fundamental things, right? We call them little, but I think little is fundamental. I think fundamental is foundational. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree too. And, and one thing that I think is important for, for high school or college specialists that are listening or even before, it's important to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations while kicking, punting, and snapping, all right? With wet ball, with backed up, practice the, the bad holds. Everyone wants to have a perfect hold off the stick. Practice for the, the, the situations that are going to happen in a game, and they are uncomfortable. But if you could uh, practice becoming comfortable in uncomfortable situations, that's just going to help you be successful when, when, when you go to high school practice, college practice, and they do happen in games. And you'll be ready for them. You'll be prepared for them because you've been practicing in, in those situations. Agreed. And back to life. I think that we do that in class, right? Academics, I think our, our, our good professors and teachers will prepare us for like adverse math problems. So now that they meet the standard on the expectation of the test, the test won't be as hard as the math problems on the homework, hopefully, because I think, again, it's what you're saying. You have to, you have to make training harder than a game. So when a game rolls around, you're subconsciously acting and it's efficient and effective. Absolutely. I think I think that's the summary of what we're saying. Um, so I want to shift it to something a little bit more like positive. You know, I feel like we're, we're lecturing too much. So first of all, I want to say how proud I am of you. You are significantly younger than me and we're in the same network of coaches as how I met you. Um, you. You're doing wonderful things. I've never coached on Saturdays. You are already. So I just want to commend you for that. And I also want to talk a little bit about like what it is you're doing. Cause I don't know a thing about it. So one of my favorite things I say to my players and I have some very talented players who have a lot of God given abilities. I say too much is given much is expected. And what I mean by that is we, we all have a platform, right? Especially football players and coaches. We have a platform that most people, or I should say very few people possess. And I think that the power of gratitude is a very, very powerful message to send. Being grateful for what I'm given and the platform it is I get to expose my thoughts. I think it's very important. And I think you're doing a good job of this. So if you could, could you share with the audience what you're doing with Smile Forward and the BOKS box programs? Yeah, absolutely. So like, like you said earlier, if, if you're a division one player to division three player, you have a platform. You have, you have 
children that look up to you that, that, that think you're superstars. And what do you, what, what, what are you going to do with those opportunities? Um, you know, how are you going to carry yourself? How are you going to handle yourself? And one thing that I was taught at a young age is to always give back. Oh, I always wanted to be that, that person that, that helped out people that uh, potentially don't have it as good as I do. Um, and, and, and what can I do to help them? So one thing I created, this is when I was back up at the university of Maine, trying to get this down in Southern Maine right now. Uh, and, and this is a national program, but I implemented it up there as box. So building our kids success. So what I did was, uh, I created a before school physical activity program for, for students. It was a K through three school and I'd bring in football players, hockey players, softball players, every, every, every athlete at the university of Maine was in there. And, and we would hang out with the kids before we would play. Uh, before school. And, and the reason why is that if you get kids active before school and in school, they're going to be better behaved, better focused, better ready to go throughout the day. So seeing, seeing, you know, their faces light up when the football players walked in, the hockey players walked in, it was, it was, they're meeting their idols and their superstars, which I, I, I thought was one of the coolest and rewarding experiences that I could have had. And then the other, other program that I created was called smile forward. And this was with the Northern light pediatrics unit in Bangor, Maine. And I brought division one athletes again, soccer, football, hockey, cheerleading uh, to the patients that were, that were up there and, and help them kind of forget and have fun what they're going through and, and, and got them to relax a little bit, knowing that, that these athletes cared about what they're going through and care about who they are. Uh, and to see the smile, some, you know, I had nurses come up to me and say, hey, I haven't seen this person smile in two months. And they're smiling from ear to ear because they had a, a UMaine football player. I think one of the coolest memories that I have too, is, is, is coordinating the program, getting all these big defensive linemen in there. And they were sitting around a table with a nine-year-old girl who's hooked up getting treatment and they're having a tea party. And, and it was in the, the girl was smiling. It was one of the best days of her life that she said. So I think everyone has a platform, especially if you're a division one, division two, division three player, you have a platform uh, that people look up to you. And I know, I know you really uh, you know, understand that that platform that you have with the kick it forward, the nonprofit that you have and the Ricardo Allen. I mean, I didn't even know that was the largest free uh, camp football camp that, in, in America. So I think it's, it's utilizing the platform that you're given and, and utilizing it for good. That's funny because I mean, you almost had me tear up just now because it is, it's so important. Uh, like my wife, she works with special needs, pediatric patients, predominantly in speech therapy. And, those are the kind of stories that really make my day. She's like, I walked in and this girl, like I had her playing a game, like physically interacting with me and then saying speech words, which was her job to get her to talk. But they said, we've never really played with this person before like that. And I think that that's the fundamental foundational things that we miss. That's a good life example. And I think that you're, you're doing, you're doing a great job, not missing those little things. And the little things is how you make people feel. That's a foundational thing, in my opinion. And I think people realize like, and I'm learning this later in life, you know, after having like young girls is uh, my young girls don't care how many people I've coached that played on Sunday. What they do care about is how I make them feel. And then all of a sudden they're interested in what it is I've done, you know? And I think that's very important to realize is that's all fleeting. That stuff, a lot of people don't care about what you've done, but how you make them feel, I, I think that matters with everybody. Absolutely. Yeah, um, totally agree. And I'd love to collaborate with you on off, off air about how Kick It Forward Foundation and, and what you're doing up there can find ways to connect because technology is a beautiful thing. I don't have to be 
seven, eight states away from you, or actually I am seven or eight states away. I don't have to be next to you to, to make things happen. So I want to learn off you and how you're, how you're doing that kind of stuff, because that's fantastic. We have so many settings here in the Daytona beach area that the kids and, and older, older people that are struggling right now, uh, they want someone to come in and interact. You know, we have several universities with Riddle and Bethune Cookman. We have several places. And so you're doing a wonderful thing. I think you should, you should share that story more um, because I didn't know that about you at all. And I can't wait to learn more, but I just want to thank you, Sam, for joining. And I want, I always ask, and I think that people definitely would want to talk to you is what's one way that they could reach you on social media. So it would be coach Lenson uh, on Twitter. So that would be the best way to get in, in contact with me. You know, the season's ramping up, things are getting busy, but uh, anyone that, anyone that messages me, I always find time to respond. I think it's important. Uh, to interact and uh, any way I can help, I'll, I'll help out any way uh, I can. Can you say that one more time? So that just make sure they knew it's on Twitter at what? Yeah. So at coach Lenson. L-E-N-S-O-N, correct? Correct. Yes, sir. Awesome. Just want to make sure. And uh, just want to thank you again, man. This means so much to me and everyone at fourth down that you were able to share this information that it can and will benefit performance both on and off the field um, as, a, as, a, as a player, as a student, as a person. Um, please give us a five-star review, subscribe to the show, and share it with a friend. If you have any questions related to the podcast, suggestions for future topics or guests, or if you have feedback for the show, you can reach me, Dan Lundy, in several ways. My website, fourthdownu.com, has endless resources for both specialists and coaches. On social media, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at 4th Down U. That's 4-T-H-D-O-W-N-U. And on Facebook and LinkedIn, you can find me by simply searching at Dan Space Lundy, L-U-N-D-Y. Thanks again for joining us at 4th Down Focus, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you next week with an exciting new guest. And I hope 2021 is still treating each of you well. And remember, in all things, give thanks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.